You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Dan Jetto. If I could get some people to come up and take our morning offering. And I would like the children to come up here because I have something to show them for uh, as we take our morning offering. So if the children want to come up here, it's very small, so you've got to get close if you want to see it. And I want to talk about um, a a passage in Scripture where Jesus is watching people put money in the offering at the temple. Children, I need you over here in front of me. You're going to have to stand in front of me. You want to see this. Um, And as he's watching, he's watching the wealthy are putting in large quantities of money. And a widow comes up, and she puts in two mites. So those two mites look exactly like this. This is a widow's, this is a mite. It's actually called a pruta uh, in the Greek. And this is what she put in the offering. She put two of these in. So this one is actually from the reign of Herod the Great. So it was minted sometime between 37 B.C. and uh, 4 B.C. Two of these was enough in her day, you can go sit down, to buy three grapes. And Jesus looked at her and he said, this woman has put in more than all the rest. And so what does that say? If, If I put in three grapes worth of money, but that's all I have, Jesus isn't looking at the amount, he's looking at the level of trust that we have in him to provide for us. And so this woman gave all that she had, three grapes worth, and, and she trusted that God could provide for her and her family. When we give to Jesus, he's able to provide for us. And not only that, he takes what we give him and, and he turns it into something magnificent. She is remembered for all of time for her small gift. As we give back, we have the opportunity to change somebody's life for eternity. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray as we give this morning, whatever it is we're able to give, Lord, that we would give it trusting you joyfully, And Lord, as we give today, Lord, I pray that you would take every gift and multiply it, make it uh, become something more than what it would have been in our own hands. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to see this, I'm going to leave it on the back table with my wife. You can come and look at it too. It is actual, uh, uh, real uh, pruda. The children are dismissed for Children's Church. About every six weeks I get to give uh, Pastor Chris a break and uh, share a message with you. I'm excited about this message, Jesus, the blessing of God with us. And uh, it's been almost 39 years ago that my wife and I stood in front of a church and professed our desire to be with one another for as long as we both shall live. So coming up in March, we'll experience our 39th wedding anniversary. There is still no other person on earth that I want to be with more than her. I am blessed not only because she is with me, present in my life, but she walks beside me in both good times and in bad times. She is also for me. She supports me. She has my back. And she is my retirement plan. 
So I'm, I'm very appreciative of her earning capabilities. But because she is with me, I'm never alone. Because she is with me, I know that I have someone in my corner when tough times come. Because she is with me, I can experience great joy. I love her. I love being with her. This is what marriage was meant to be. Is it any wonder that Jesus describes our relationship with him and with the church in the same terms? He calls us his bride. He describes it as a marriage. And God wants to be with us. He wants to walk beside us. He wants to be present in our lives. He promises to be there when things we are doing are, are when we're doing them well. And even when we're failing, he promises to be there. He promised to stand for us. He has our back. He is our ultimate retirement plan. He is my eternal retirement plan. So I'm excited to share about this morning, Jesus, the blessing of God with us, because I've been experiencing these blessings. So what are the blessings that I see that we are experiencing? The blessing of Jesus' presence in my life. The blessing of Jesus' favor in my life. And the blessing and joy of my salvation with his Holy Spirit living within me. And so I've chosen a bumper sticker today. You've been here long, you know that I have a bumper sticker. And the bumper sticker is really a prayer today so that I would experience all of the blessing of Emmanuel. Help me see that he's with me. So help me see that he's with me. Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew writes this. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God is with us. So the blessing of Jesus' presence. Matthew quotes Isaiah 7.14. So when he says you know, that, that a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, he's quoting a passage from Isaiah uh, 900 years before. And it says, Emmanuel, you shall call him. And he said, she will give birth to a son, and, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. But this is not the only name with meaning in this passage. Because the the prophecy says they will call him Emmanuel, but the angel tells Joseph to name him Jesus, which means Savior, which means God is our salvation, the salvation of God. Jesus was not only God come to earth to live among us, he was God come to earth to save us. God with us carries the meaning of both with, meaning amongst us, and with, meaning for us. You think about when I walk with the wind, the wind is at my back. It's helpful. God 
for us. God is with us in that manner. At the same time, God is present with us. So Christmas time is, uh, is a time when we celebrate God coming to live with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, the creator of the universe, chose to be born a baby to the poorest of the poor. This was a working class family, a carpenter and his wife, both still t- probably teenagers, um, and they had nothing. The king of kings came so that he could live with us with the plan that he would provide a way for us to come and live with him for eternity. But there is more. He promises never to leave us, never to forsake us. In fact, he places his Holy Spirit within us so that God is still with us today. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission, Jesus says that he will be with us always. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know what this means is we are never alone. We don't ever have to be lonely again because God is with us. He promises that. The God of the universe is with us. He's right here, right now. In fact, there's no place that he's not. And Psalm 139 tells us this, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even the darkness I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. The psalm also, this very same psalm, also tells us how much he loves us and how he is thinking of us. And it says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. His thoughts are precious of us. That's a treasure. And the word precious and treasure go together. God's precious thoughts about us. What are the implications of this? When we need someone to listen to us and no one else is around, Jesus is here. When we need someone who understands us, teenagers, Jesus is here. When we feel like we are not of value, Jesus is here And he's thinking precious thoughts of us. He treasures us because he loves us. And it doesn't stop there. Not only is Jesus with us, he places us in his family, the church. Even if our earthly families pass away or abandon us, we are still not alone. We have each other. Paul wrote in Romans 8, uh, chapter 8, verses uh, 14 through 16, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for a spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. I know that when I was growing up, people would always say to me things like, "Um, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your relatives, right? Uh, Meet your brother. Whether you like it or not, I am your relative because we are in Christ together. Uh, There were some who will claim that I'm I'm not their brother. Uh, My sister probably still has concerns about whether or not I should be part of the family. I am here for you. 
and you are all here for me. That's part of what it means to be in the body of Christ. We do not have to be alone. The reason sometimes we feel alone or abandoned is not because Jesus has abandoned us, but sometimes we have abandoned him. Or we have not reached out to the rest of our family. So help me see that he's with me. And we can do this, one, by claiming these truths, that he is with us. Begin to memorize some of these verses, like from Matthew, where he says that he will never leave us or forsake us. We, are, uh, we should never feel alone, misunderstood, or abandoned because Jesus, if we reach out to him, he will provide us with the comfort that we need. Life groups. Now, my wife and I lead a life group. There's a life group that meets on Saturday morning. Carolina is leading. Then there's a men's group that are meeting. Um, these are opportunities for you to connect to Jesus through your family members, okay? through your brothers and sisters in, in Christ. And Matthew 25 says, I tell you the truth, when you do this to the least of one of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. He's talking about uh, what believers had been doing in their lives to those who were in need. As believers, we should be helping one another. We should be, when someone has a need, we should be reaching out and asking for help, not trying to do it on our own. We were not made, we were not created to be loners. We were created to be part of a family to be together with Jesus and his church. In my small group, um, we share our prayer needs. We'll pray for one another. When Becky and I have needs, they're the first people that we call or, or, or text. So when, when our son got in trouble, first text we sent out, one to Pastor Chris and one to our, our small group to make sure we get people praying right away. But we don't just do that. You know, We laugh a lot in my small group. We, we laugh a lot because we're sharing life together. We're enjoying one another's company. It, it's, it's fun to be together with people who have a common purpose. We all need someone who will walk with us. So why do we sometimes miss this blessing? We choose to not be with Jesus or with his people. We tend to isolate ourselves. Our world today with our garage door openers and our houses. We come home from work, we drive right in the garage, we never step outside, um, or we're on our phones or our tablets. Uh, we choose to isolate ourselves. We prioritize other activities over meeting with fellow uh, Christ followers. Instead, what we need to do is we need to prioritize time to build our relationship with Jesus and with others if we want to experience the full blessing of God with us. We want to experience the full blessing of Emmanuel. We have to plan time for Jesus and for fellow believers to be a part of our lives. Now, as we uh, grow in our relationship with Jesus and others, we'll begin to realize and see that Jesus is not only with us, but he is for us. And that is the blessing of Jesus' favor in my life. Because Jesus did not come to destroy us, He's not looking to punish us. There's a lot of people who have a picture of God as somebody who's just waiting for us to do something wrong, so whap upside the head and we can make their uh, thing spin for them. That's not the God that we serve. Luke, a doctor and follower of Jesus, wrote this at the end of a narrative in the chapter 19 about Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. 
tax collectors were not considered very nice people in Jesus' time. And I don't know a lot of people who have a very positive uh, view of the IRS today. Um, so uh, you think about this, that these were people who were actually extorting money from others because they, they had to turn in a certain amount to the Romans and whatever else they got was theirs and they had the authority of the Roman soldiers behind them to, to get what they needed. When Zacchaeus came by, he looked up or when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. So this is coming out of Luke chapter 19. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. Jesus didn't invite himself into Zacchaeus' house to point fingers at him. He didn't invite himself into Zacchaeus' house to shame him, to make him look like a fool. He wanted to show his favor on Zacchaeus he wanted to bless him, and he did. And Zacchaeus' life and heart was filled with joy because he realized that Jesus was for him. His favor was on him. Here are some other things that Paul wrote to the Roman church about Jesus being for them, and these apply to us today. In Romans 5, 8, it says, for, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Even when we didn't want to do anything for God, even when we didn't want anything to do with God, he was willing to die for us. He was willing to pay the price for our sins. Romans 8, 27 and 28. 28. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The Holy Spirit is praying for us. And God is taking those things that Satan or others would want to use to cause us harm, and he's turning them into things that can be good, that can work for our good. Not that what's happening to us is good, but the results of what comes out of that will work for our good. Romans 8, 31 through 37. What shall we say then about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since we did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for, gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. We cannot be defeated. Nobody can defeat us. They can take my life and I still win because Jesus has my back. 
Jesus is standing with me. And if you look at scripture and passages, every time it says God is with someone, it's a blessing. It's a positive thing. So what types of things has God done? In uh, the story of Gideon, 300 soldiers conquer thousands, hundreds of thousands. 300 soldiers, God was with them. Joshua, as he was getting ready to enter the promised land, God said, I will be with you. Do not fear, I will be with you. Beginning of the word Emmanuel, I will be with you. Joshua goes in and they have victory. God had their back. God is for us. We do not have to fear God. Even after we mess up, and we all do, we can confess our sins. He is waiting to embrace us. No one is more accepting of us than him. We may someday hurt people, and they may never be able to forgive us. We can hurt God, and he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. doesn't matter if we mess up once, we mess up a million times. If we will turn back to Jesus, he will cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. He accepts us no matter what condition we come to him in. When we begin living in realization that God is for us, it becomes easier for us to build a relationship with him. So it's hard to build a relationship with somebody if you're afraid they're going to judge you or treat you poorly. Jesus will never do that. We can turn to him. It's easy to build that relationship with him. If everyone else has betrayed us, God never will. He is working for us, not against us. And this brings freedom. That brings us freedom to live. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen to me because God has my back. It gives me freedom to love because even if someone else hurts me, there's someone out there who loves me always and will heal that hurt. It gives me freedom that brings joy because now I know that I'm always accepted, that God is with me, that God is for me. And I, I can't think of any greater blessing than to have a personal relationship with Jesus. But why do we sometimes miss this blessing? We begin listening to the lies of Satan or that others tell us that God doesn't want us, God doesn't like us, God can't use us. Because of our past, because of our current behaviors, because of what's happened in my life, and that is a lie. Jesus accepts you every day right where you are. So what we need to do is we need to arm ourselves with Scripture, study and memorize the promises that God has given us. Remind ourselves that God sent his son to die for us. He didn't send his son to shame us. And God loved us so much he gave his only son for us. Why would he then turn around and want to brutalize us or, or terrorize us? He's not that kind of God. We need to live like we are winners and not timid in our faith and, and walk in a way that reminds people and reminds ourselves that God is the, the all-powerful God, that the guy who's got my back is bigger than anyone in this world. He's the most powerful person in the universe, and we are his children loved by him. I would not want to meet God if I was attacking one of his children. God got my back. 
and he is more powerful than anyone. The blessing and joy of my salvation is next point, with his Holy Spirit in me. The truths expressed here do bring us to that greatest blessing of all, and that is that Jesus' name means Savior. He not only came to be with us, he is not only for us, but he saves us. Matthew uh, quoted Isaiah, the verse says, and they will call him Emmanuel, but the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. He commanded him to call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Savior, Jesus, the reason for Christmas, came for a purpose, and that's the cross that's at the end of his journey on earth. Jesus came to provide a way to heaven, a way for us to spend an eternity with him, that we could experience an eternity of Emmanuel, the presence of God with us, his favor and our, and our salvation. This is the invitation of Christmas for all men. Because when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, sin came into the world, and everyone except Jesus has sinned, that's ever lived. I don't care who you are. You sinned. Jesus, disciple John, wrote this in one of his letters to the early churches, and it says this in First John five twelve: Whoever has the Son has life. Does whoever does not have the God's Son does not have life. So we can experience God's salvation if we have Jesus, but if we don't have Jesus in our lives, we cannot experience God's salvation. That's what what John is writing. And early he wrote in 1 John 5, 1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the, Christ, is the Christ has become a child of God. The word believe here is more than intellectual assault, uh, assent. This isn't believing a fact like uh, 2 plus 2 is 4. I, I honestly believe that 2 plus 2 is 4, but it's not going to change my life unless I have an elementary school test. Right? Um, but believing that Jesus is the Christ affects my eternity. And it's a, it, it, what it's talking about is trust. Uh, Christ is taken from the Greek word, um, uh, the Greek word is Christos, uh, for Messiah. Messiah would be the, the term that the Israelites, the Hebrews would have ex expected to see alongside. If you put Christ and Messiah, they mean the same thing. The, the Israelites saw the Messiah as someone who was going to come and set them free like Moses did from the Egyptian, who would be the great savior. Uh, in a political sense in that time, but God was talking about a Messiah who would set us free from sin for eternity, and that is the Christ. The verse is saying that those who are trusting Jesus as the only one who can save them from their sins. That's what he's talking about. Trusting Jesus as the only one who can save us from our sins. The only way to heaven is through the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus. So there's not anything I can do. We baptized four people last week. Their baptism will not change their salvation. That's not what saves them. Not what I pray. It doesn't matter what I pray. I'm, I can pray and pray and pray. If the words don't mean anything to God, it's my trust in Jesus. So all the prayers that I say are not saving me. They, they are a way for me to communicate with God so God can change me, so God can affect ways, uh, things in my life. But repeating the same prayer over and over again is not going to get me into heaven. It's not my good deeds outweighing my bad deeds. And I'm very thankful of this 
because I cannot, I don't have enough time left in life to make up for all of the bad deeds that I've done. So um, I am thankful that it's not whether I've been good enough, but it's only Jesus' death on the cross. That's the only sufficient payment for my sins. These are the people who have the Son and have life, those who are trusting in Jesus Christ as the one who has paid that price. We can come to have the Son if, if we, within our hearts, relinquish our efforts and lean on Jesus as the only way to end our separation from God so that we can fully know the blessings of Emmanuel. And so I'm going to pray a prayer. Understand, like I said before, it's not the prayers that save us. It's our heart in trusting in Jesus Christ. If you would like to trust Jesus Christ this morning, you can pray along with me this prayer. It's just a a way of expressing it that maybe you don't know how to express it, but it's our hearts that matter. And let's pray. Jesus, I recognize that my sins separate from you, and only your death can take them away. I want to experience you for the rest of my life as Emmanuel, God with me. Please forgive me of all my sins and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. Thank you for being my Savior. Now we end prayers with amen. Amen comes from a Greek word, amen, and it means I agree or truly. You'll see it translated in the King James Version, truly. When Jesus was resurrected, he promised us that he would never forsake us or leave us. He promised that he would give us his Holy Spirit. And Paul writes into the Corinthian church this in 1 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing his Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. So it's kind of like an earnest payment. If you buy a house, you get the purchase offer, you have to write a check for whatever it is, they give that to the realtor and they're going to hold on to that. The Holy Spirit is our earnest payment placed within us until Christ comes back for us and we spend eternity with him in heaven. The Holy Spirit lives in the hearts of all believers. God the Holy Spirit lives in our hearts and will remind us that we are children of his, that we are children of the one and only true God. He's been given to help us. He prays for us. Uh, he, he wants to bring us joy and help us experience the joy of our salvation. He will remind us that we are saved. John quotes Jesus as saying this to encourage us, to help us understand that living with him in us produces both fruit for his kingdom and joy in our lives. And this comes from John chapter 15, and I would encourage you to read the entire chapter. It says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you, uh, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as my Father has loved me. Remain in my love, and when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you th these things so that you will be filled with joy, with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Blessing comes to those who truly believe. As we receive the Holy Spirit, God permanently with us, that joy can never be taken away. God gives us a joy that can never be taken away. We miss this if we refuse to believe that trusting and when we forget that the Holy Spirit lives in us. That's why we should continue to pray, Lord Jesus, help me see that you are with me. 
As we see him, we will experience the blessing of his presence. We will see the blessing of his favor in our lives. We will see the blessing of his salvation. Help me see that you are with me, that he's with me. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have come to live amongst us, Lord, that you live in us now, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit. You've given us your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that you are in our favor, that you have our back, that you want the best for us. You're not out trying to punish us, but Jesus, that you love us and you want us to have the best and you will guide us in that way. And Lord, I thank you that you are our Savior, Lord, that you have prepared a way for us to be with you forever. And Lord, I pray that as your Holy Spirit is in us, that we would continue to want to do the things that bless you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.